I invite you to turn to the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis, to the story of Joseph, his life, and the experience of his um, imprisonment. I'm not going to read those verses. There are several chapters of that story, but I want you to turn to the 37th chapter and just hold this on your lap, and I will refer to it. General Jimmy Doolittle died this week. I, you may have seen that in the paper. Uh, General Doolittle is the commander of the um, group that bombed the nation of Japan for the first time in World War II after the infamous raid on Pearl Harbor. Morale was low. Uh, Doolittle's um, flyers bombed Japan. One of those men uh, that was flying with him was a man by the name of Jacob DeShazer. He was born in Oregon. His family was very religious. His father read the scripture every morning at breakfast time, but Jacob DeShazer didn't really have that much to do with it, so when he graduated from high school, he joined the military. He became an army pilot and was in on that first raid over the nation of Japan. His, his plane was shot down, and all of his crew was captured by the Japanese. He saw three of his men shot to death, and he himself was brutally tortured. The man who, was in, who tortured him was a man by the name of Captain Cato. He learned to hate him. And he made up his mind that he would live to see the day when he, would, he could kill Captain Cato with his bare hands. He was going to choke him to death. And he would lie in his bed in his cell and visualize what Cato looked like as he died, as he literally squeezed the life out of him an inch at a time. One day sitting in his cell, somebody passed him a New Testament. He read it through, and he read it through a second time. And the third time he read it through, he bowed in the cell and gave his life to Christ. It wasn't long until he was released from prison. The war was over. He went back to Oregon and got, fell in love and got married. And he and his wife committed their life to ministry, and they planned to go back to Japan, not to kill the Japanese with their bullets, but to save their souls with the gospel. And he had tremendous success preaching crusades across Japan. One night, he was preaching to a large gathering of people, and he gave an invitation and people were streaming down the aisles, but he saw only one face. The face of a man who's, who had been etched in his memory for all time. The face of Captain Cato. He stepped down to receive him, not to choke him to death, but to extend his hand in love. And they embraced, and all the bitterness was gone. Failing to respond to bitterness is like trying to row a boat with a dropped anchor. It's like trying to drive your car with the brakes on. Bitterness affects us in every way. It affects us spiritually, cutting into our walk with God and destroying our growth. It affects us physically, draining the energy that is necessary for life. And it affects us relationally, 
gnawing at our lives, it causes us to erect barriers and develop cover-ups. The Bible says that we are to lay aside and to avoid bitterness. In fact, the author of the book of Hebrews puts it like this, Don't come short of the grace of God. Watch out that no bitterness takes root among us, for as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. And Paul just puts it like it is when he says, Get rid of all bitterness. I think there is something that both of those verses would teach. Germane to these verses is the fact that bitterness is really a choice. A person chooses how he's going to respond to unbearable circumstances and the people who produce them. Viktor Frankl survived years at Auschwitz. He wrote a book after he was released entitled Man in Search of Meaning. I read the book. There is a little quotation in the book that's very impressive. He said, As we watched men walk among the prisoners of the camp, some of them encouraging and strengthening the sick and offering the last piece of bread they had to the more needy, not many of them, they were few in number, but we discovered that there is something that cannot be taken away from you. Man's last freedom is the freedom to choose the attitude he has in any given set of circumstances. Man's last freedom is the freedom to choose how he's going to respond to any given set of circumstances. When life thrusts on you unbearable conditions, how to attribute his inspiration to the light that struck him blind. Ask one more, the, the Son of Man. Ask him whence has come his rule over the world. He will answer from the cold ground on which I was lying, the Gethsemane ground. I received my scepter there. Thou too, my soul, shall be garlanded by Gethsemane. The cup thou fain would pass from thee will be thy coronet in the sweet by and by. The hour of thy loneliness will crown thee. The day of thy depression will regale thee. It is the desert that will break forth into singing. It is the trees of thy silent forest that will clap their hands. I wish I could talk like that. What he's saying is, is that it is in these experiences like Joseph went through that he learned the lessons of royalty. Did you know that you can change one letter and you can change disappointment to his appointments? Just think in your mind how you spell disappointments. And you take off the word, the letter D, and add the letter H, and you've changed disappointments to his appointments and you've discovered what Joseph discovered in a dungeon that the disappointments of life are the appointments we have with God and they become 
the robing room of royalty. Get a picture of that. So that every time the disappointment comes, you say to yourself, well, I guess the Lord is fitting me for my robe and my crown. Bitterness is a choice. For man's last freedom is the freedom of having the choice when unbearable circumstances come, how will I respond? Would you pray? Our Father, we thank you now for this word. And we pray that we'll not put it in our pocket or purse or put it back in the corner of our mind to think about later and forget it but that we will act upon it and respond to it. For I pray in Jesus' name for His sake. There are three invitations. There's an invitation for you this morning who have never given your heart to Christ. Perhaps some of you are even angry at God and you've rejected Him. Why not submit this morning your life to Christ and find the peace, the joy, and the liberation of that faith, that commitment? Maybe you need to come. There was a whole family in the early service who came and put their place their life in our church because they felt God leading them to do that. Maybe that some of you could say that and would do that. Or maybe some of you need to come this morning for the, to simply recommit your life to Christ. Give Him what you know He needs and wants from you. While we stand to sing, we invite you to come.